You know why I'm excited? Because God is going to speak to you. If it was me that was going to speak to you, I wouldn't be too excited because I would only come and I would just speak from my intellect. But because it is God who is speaking, I know that God's word is powerful. The Bible says that it is sharper than any two-edged sword to the dividing, dividing asunder between the soul and the spirit. There is the effect and there is the power of God's word. And when we understand that, we understand that it is, it is not the word of a man. So I, my words could impress you, but the word of God will deliver you. And that's why I'm very convinced that the word of God is here this morning. And I don't know, you know, wherever you might need a deliverance. The truth is people say they're going for a deliverance service and whatnot, and then and there's a lot of whatever. Deliverance is through the word of God. That's it. The Bible says he sent his word, and he delivered them. There is a power in the word of God. There is the most potent force on this planet is God's word. So every time we're privileged, whether we're sitting at the word by ourselves and we open up the Bible, or whether we're sitting at a teaching, we need to understand it's not the man or the woman who's up front holding the microphone. It's actually the power that is in the word that comes out of the mouth of God. Because God's word is truth. And a lot of times we misunderstand what that means. When the Bible says it is impossible for God to lie. Yes, it's his integrity. But more than that, it is the potency of his word. If God says I am white, all of a sudden I'm no longer black. That's it. That's how powerful God's word is. If God says I'm a woman, my wife is in trouble. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's how powerful his word is. And so when the challenge is, if you don't receive his word, and this is the challenge, if we don't believe his word, if we don't receive, some, some of us believe it, but we don't receive it. What I mean by that is we know God's word is true, but we don't believe it's true for us. Do you get where I'm coming from? And when we don't receive the word, it's like having a cup turned upside down. And they, it doesn't matter that they have a, a big jug, jug of coffee. You're not, going to be, you're, you're not going to be drinking anything. And so every time I'm sitting down in a service like this, I respect whoever's speaking, but I know who I've come to listen to. Now, I'm not sure if that's a test or if they're going to tell us to leave in a moment. Okay, we'll find out in a moment if we're going to leave. Don't worry. If we leave, I promise we'll come back, right? And if we're not leaving, whatever the case, God's word is going to be taught today. Amen. All right. So um, they'll find out and they'll let us know in a moment. And then we'll do whatever we need to do. But now we're going to continue in God's word. Really excited to be here. Gateway Chapel Medway Campus here in Sittingbourne. Um, last week was our very first service. This is our second service. For those of you who came, who've come back a second time, thank you. It means I didn't scare you away. Right? 
And for those of you who have come for the first time, um, the others who were here last week came back, so that means that you're here for something good. All right, praise the Lord. I want to thank you so very much for being a part of our service this morning, um, and the Lord will bless you if you have come to meet with him in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, good. So last week we started a, a teaching series um, called Living a Forward Motion Life. And we talked about the fact that we're meant to be moving forward, we're meant to be stepping forward. And we, we looked at a particular verse of scripture um, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Um, some of you can remember two, three verses from verse 15. And I'll just read it very quickly just to jog our memories. It says, so be careful how you live. Some of you are like, I can't remember. But now hopefully it will come back. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And we really dove deep into that about really looking to understand the fact that our time is our most valuable currency and God has given us time as custodians of time and our life is our time. So when we say make the most of your life, it means make the most of your time. And if you're, if you're wasting a second, it means you are wasting your life. If you're wasting time, you're wasting your life. Your life equates your time. And I said life is like a tube of toothpaste. Every time you take out some toothpaste, there's, left, left, there's less left in the tube. Eventually, you're going to run out of toothpaste. The only difference with, with life is you don't know how much toothpaste you have left. You and I don't know how much time we have left on the planet. But with every second that we have, God has given us to this, this to us, and we must be a custodian of his time and to use it well. And we dove a little deep into that last week. And... This week, we're, we're, we're kind of, you know, moving forward. We, we said the clock is always moving. It's tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. With every second, we're closer to the grave than the previous second. The clock is always moving. The question is this, am I moving? Are you moving? Because the clock is. There's this old thing they said when we're in primary school, time and tide waits for no man. Okay. Time and tide waits for no man. Time is always going. Time is always moving. Am I moving? Are you moving? You see, when it comes to our attitude to time, when it comes to our attitude to time, there are three categories of people. Three categories of people when it comes to our attitude to time. The first category are those who time leaves behind. These are the people who tend to dwell in the past. These are the people who, you know, they celebrate the first. I was one of the first. In fact, I was one of the first to get on social media. In fact, when I was on Facebook, they were calling it the Facebook. Before it even became Facebook. But this person is a grand granddaddy now on Facebook. He, social media has moved on. The guy is still celebrating the fact that he was one of the first on Facebook, everybody has left, sorry. I was going to say everybody has left Facebook and they left me there. But the bottom line is, some of us glory in the past and we're still bragging about the past. But the time, the time is moving on. Some of us, on the other hand, 
We look back at the past and the, the, the not so pleasant experiences of our past and we, we choose to dwell there. So you, you went out with this guy who was an idiot or this girl who was a nasty person and you went out with them for a while in the past but now you're with this new person but you still keep looking at the past. You still keep, so, you, you know, whatever that person did, this other person is bearing the brunt of what that other person did because you still keep looking at the past and then you are responding to this person based on what the other person did. And this person's like, but I don't get it. What did I do that made you react like that? They're not reacting to you. They're reacting to their past. Some of us just dwell in the past and time passes us by. You know, God is doing a new thing, but we're still staying in the past. And then the second group of people is those who move with the times. Really good people. Um, now, people who move with the times, these are the people who, they develop strength. They're, they're very, you know, they're, they, 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 they're, they're competing. They show up and they compete. They, they, they know what's going on and they try to take advantage of what's going on. That's usually a, a good chunk of us. Um, sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. It all depends on the competition and the moment. You know? <laughs> um, some of us know the story in the Bible where Jesus, um, the, the man at the pool, and then where apparently this pool, at a certain point in time, there's a stirring in the pool. And all the invalids who are around the pool start to try to get in because whoever gets in first, boom, they get healed. So everyone's aware and they're all sitting there for when it's going to happen. You know, when it's there, as soon as they hop in, whoever's first, they get healed. That's how most people live. They're people who live in the time. They're just, you know, they're, they're not people who are living in the past. They're living in the times. They're, they're responding to life as life is happening. And it can be a hit or miss. It can be a hit or miss. And then the third group of people is those who are ahead of the times. These are people who respond to the future today. Those are people who are walking in the prophetic. Those are people who are visionary. You know, they can see the future. They can see. The, it's interesting. The Bible says a few things about this kind of person, right? The Bible talks about the sons of Issachar. That they were more noble than their others because they had an understanding of the times. So because they had an understanding of the times, they were able to position themselves, so they don't look for what is happening they go to where things are about to start happening before they happen it's interesting even where the bible says a prudent person foresees evil and hides himself most people just begin to deal with evil as it shows up some people foresee a recession and they plan for it. Most people have to deal with the recession as it shows up. And then some other people are bragging about how they were successful at the last recession. Do you get where we're coming from? So understanding this helps us to really begin to appreciate how do I 
respond to time? Am I the first group? Am I the second group or am I the third group? The book of Isaiah chapter 43, and we'll just read a few verses from here very quickly and then we'll dive into the message. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. I'm reading from the message, which I don't usually read, but I kind of like this one. It says, this is what God says. The God who builds, this is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and they can't get up. So this is the God we're talking about. They're snuffed out like so many candles. And then he says this. He says, forget about what's happened. What did he say? Forget about what's happened. When you're looking at how you deal with your time, too, too many of us are dwelling on what's happened and it's stealing our time. Forget about what's happened, the good stuff and the bad stuff. Some of us are celebrating yesterday's story. It's today's history. It says forget about that stuff. I was the first to do this from my village. Forget about it. Somebody was really nasty to me. Forget about it. Don't keep going over old history. God is saying, don't keep going over old history. My daddy was nasty. They preferred my brother or my sister to me. Don't keep going over old what? History. But be alert, be present. I am about to do something brand new. Be alert. Be present, Jehovah's saying. Son, daughter, I'm looking to do something new for you, but you keep looking back. I'm about to take you to a new level, but you keep looking back. You can't be stepping forward if you're looking back. I know it was awesome yesterday, but I'm looking to do something even better. Stop looking back. I know, you, you know, I know it, it worked really well for you, but stop glorying in the past. I'm looking to do something brand new. And I need you to work with me here. Keep up. Step forward. Praise Jesus. Look at your neighbor, tell them step forward. So, the secret to a forward motion life is really simple. It's to always take that next step. It's also what, take that next step. There's this thing, says, is, I think it says, the journey of a thousand miles begins with what? One step. So many of us are worried about how far ahead our vision is. One step. So many of us are looking at, you know, what our goals are and all these other things we aspire to. One step. Some of you look at these people who are seemingly so spiritual and they could just quote the Bible from Genesis to Revelation like, you know, and, and you can barely do one verse, one step. Some of you are looking at the fact that, you know, I've still got so many issues in my life I need to deal with. Do I really qualify to be a child of God? One step. That's all it takes. It's always take that one step. Progress in the kingdom is all about taking that one step. 
Because if you're not taking the one step, time is stepping forward. <laughs> so if you're going to be in group two or group three that I mentioned, you've got to be taking at least one step. The group ones are the ones who aren't stepping. Praise the Lord. The truth is this, and I'll share this with you. The group twos is the world. One step. Group three. I remember I said, I said prophetic and visionary. That's what we have the benefit of as children of God. To be able to see tomorrow today and to begin to take steps based on what we see that the world can't see. Does that make sense? Because it is our father who knows tomorrow. When he reveals tomorrow to us, we can begin to take steps into tomorrow today while they need to wait till tomorrow to begin to compete. But we're already, play, we're already in the game. We've scored like five goals before they even show up on the field. Because our father has shown us tomorrow and we have stepped. So many of us, our father is showing us tomorrow. We're looking at yesterday. Praise the Lord. We need to step forward. Thank you. So, what is God's pathway to moving forward? With a clock, clockwise. The clock is going forward. So if you're going to be moving forward, you've got to be moving clockwise and not anti-clockwise. And the reality is this. Because the clock is moving forward, if you're not moving, where are you moving? Anti-clockwise. Because the clock is going, so it's gone to five, you're still on 12, it then goes to 10, it then goes to 10, you're still on 12, it then goes to 15, it's not, sorry. <laughs> it goes to one and two, you're still on, help me out, guys. I'm like, where am I going? I was doing five minutes and 12, but you get what I mean, right? You are, you're literally here and the clock is moving. So the reality is you're regressing. If you're not progressing, you're regressing, but that won't be you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, clock, clockwise movement in the kingdom of God is one thing. It's really this. Every day, when we talk about in the kingdom, in this kingdom, in God's kingdom, I mean, there's forward movement in the world and some of that's going to be a bonus for us, but in God's kingdom, it's one thing. Forward movement or clockwise movement in this kingdom is every day in every way, we become more like Jesus. You see, when I get a new car, or I get a new house, or I get a new promotion, let me be honest with you, in my, my family, we rejoice, right? I give a testimony to appreciate God, but there's not a lot of rejoicing in heaven because of that. Honestly, Jesus Christ did not come so that I can own a car. Or have a bigger house. Or marry a pretty wife. Which I did. That's not why Christ came. God is not glory. How do I say this? God blesses me. But what makes heaven rejoice. Is when today. I behave more like Jesus than I did yesterday. That is what makes heaven rejoice. And it's really important we understand that. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. He says, okay, what version is the NLT? Yeah. So 
He says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit makes us what? More and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. We become more and more like who? Like him. As we are changed into his glorious image. Everything about our faith is not about the accumulation of stuff. The Bible says the true value of a man's life is not in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Don't get me wrong, I like stuff. But that's not how my, that's not how my life is valued in this kingdom. In the world, it's valued by stuff. But in the kingdom, it's valued by how more I'm like Jesus in my character. In how I respond to life. That actually is how my life is measured in this kingdom. Forward movement in this kingdom is my life, is more of a reflection of when Jesus looks in the mirror, he sees, I look more like him when he looks in the mirror. That's actually what it is. And some of you are thinking, ooh, that's a big one. What did I say? Just one step. Some of you are looking at yourself thinking, Jesus, me? For goodness sake, just one step. I didn't say that tomorrow you must be like Jesus. I said tomorrow you'll be more like Jesus than you are today. Is that too much? It's not. I'm not saying tomorrow be perfect. I'm just saying tomorrow you'll be more like Jesus than you are today. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 says, instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So we can see here that we, taking a step forward, forward movement in this kingdom is not forward movement in the world. It's really important we understand that it's a different system, right? We're going to move forward in the world because we operate in the world, don't get me wrong, but actually heaven's rejoicing, not that we're moving forward in the world, actually, but actually that we're moving forward within the kingdom. And that's this, that in every way we're becoming more and more like Christ. Not that we are like Christ, because we're, it's growth. So forward movement is growing to be more like him. So how do we do this? right? You don't have to worry about next year. Don't worry about next year. Don't worry about next month. Don't worry about next week. Don't worry about tomorrow. In fact, don't even worry about the next hour. Just think about the next step, honestly. How can I be more like Jesus now than I was a minute ago? When this person speaks to me in a way that I really want to give them a piece of my mind, how can I be more like Jesus now than the last time somebody upset me like this? Do you get where I'm coming from? How can I be more like Jesus in this moment than I was in the last time I was in a situation like this? Praise Jesus. So it's all about taking that one step. Now, there's a one big step, right, that I want us to look at. And the one big step is the book of Matthew chapter 22. We all know this, but we just, I just want us to look at this together. Matthew chapter 22 um, from the 36th verse. So they come to Jesus and say, teacher, what's the most important commandment in the law of Moses? What's the, you know, because Moses gave us a ton of commandments. Some of them are really scary 
And in fact, we know we can't do all these things. So why don't you just tell us the one that's most important of all these commandments he gave us? Because he gave us a ton. We can't eat this. You've got to sleep at this time. You've got to make sure you sleep on that kind of bed. You've got to wear that kind of clothes. You should, you know, all these different things he was saying. It's really tough. All right, it's a ton of them. What's the most important? Right? Would you say that's a good question? It's a good question. Right? And then let's continue. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Love God with everything you have. That's all he means in plain English. Love God with everything you have. And let's continue. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Next. The second is equally important. It's as important as the first. That's what equal means. I did math. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then it says that all, the entire law and the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. He said, listen, if you're getting worn out by trying to, you know, like even memorize, I mean, some of you can't even, first you need to memorize them and then you now need to begin to obey them. You're thinking if this is too much for your brain to handle, right? Everything else hinges on these two. Love the Lord, love your neighbor, love yourself. Praise the Lord. He says, if you can focus on them two, them things, right, then you don't need to um, weigh yourself down with the law. So he says to us, love your, love him. So everything we, we see here, we can basically say here that Taking a step forward is growing in love. Loving God, loving your neighbor, and loving whom? Yourself. Praise the Lord. So Jesus is saying to us today that we need to take just one step forward. And we need to take a step forward, and that's we love God, we love our neighbor, and we love ourselves. So you want to take a step forward for God? A step forward for your neighbor and a step forward for whom? For yourself. But I'll put it this way because many of us don't get this self right. I will add the word future in front of self to give it a bit of clarity. Why? Because most of the decisions we make today is damaging for our future selves. We don't love ourselves enough to take care of ourselves. Because a lot of times when people say love and they say self-love, it's not self-love, it's self-destruction. Self-love will sacrifice today so that life will be better for the older version of you. So when he says love your neighbor as yourself, the problem is most of us don't, not most of us because we're good people. Many people don't love God. They don't love their neighbors. They don't love themselves. They just love now. They just love now. So it's give me now. You know, pleasure. They love pleasure. That's the word. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. They love pleasure. So it's whatever gives me pleasure, regardless of how, is, this thing gives me pleasure, but is it good for me? But we choose pleasure over ourselves. Praise the Lord. So if we can focus on those three things, love God, love your neighbor, love yourself, really love yourself, 
not be selfish. Loving yourself is not the same as being selfish. You don't need to weigh yourself down trying to, you know, Leviticus, all them things and all. You don't uh, just, them, you know, love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. All them laws and everything, this is the overarching thing. That's what Jesus is saying. Whew, we need to speed up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's God speaking to someone here. All right, good. So we can summarize our commitment to growing love into two things very quickly. We're zipping through. <laughs> Number one, submit to discipleship. James chapter four, verse seven to eight. So if we're going to grow in love, because growing love can be quite up in the air. What does that mean? It's two things. James four from verse seven says, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Praise the Lord. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Do you see that? The first one there is submitting to discipleship. The truth is this, he is the potter, but if the clay is not submitted to the potter, the potter cannot shape the clay. That's why he gave you a will, but you need to submit your will so that he can mold you to become more like him. You submit. God gave you a will. If you know, you're the one who decides whether to do something or not. You get that. If you don't decide to obey him, he can't transform you. If you don't decide to do it like he recommends, you can't get the results. So submission to discipleship is our call. That's the first thing. It says submit to the Lord, then resist the devil. Many of us are trying to resist the devil without submission. Submission first, and then he enables you to resist. Praise the Lord. Number two. Commit to discipling others. So first of all, you submit to discipleship. And number two, you commit to discipling others. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. It says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. <laughs> And then he gives them a promise. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's amazing how many believers quote that last sentence and ignore everything else before it. Oh, he's with me always, even to the end of the age. But he said, God, I make disciples of all nations, of all people groups. Commit to discipling others. So let's bring it home. Let's bring it home. Because um, like we said, we need to take step. The time is what? Moving forward. So if we don't keep up with time, we won't finish on time. So let's move on. <laughs> so let's bring it home. This, the big one step is to become more like Jesus. We, we get that? The big one step is that you and I, the big step is we become more like Jesus. That means love God, love people, and love yourself. And this can be summed up in two things. Submit to discipleship and then disciple others. Those two things. Okay? So what that means, when we say submit to discipleship, it means allow God to do his work in you. Stop resisting God. Stop being too smart for God. God's word says this, you say I want to do this. He's given you a path, but you want to work it out because you're too smart. The Bible says, by the arm of flesh shall no man prevail. And then the second is basically commit to bringing people in and building them up. Building others in and building them up. 
just as has been done for you. So, how can we bring this into practical everyday living? Now we're just going to look at a few practical things. So, as a member of Gateway Chapel, I'm going to share with you, now this is in no way exhaustive, okay? 12 areas as a member of this church that you can take one step. 12 areas where you can take one step, right? And this is aligning with loving God, loving others, loving yourself. And this is also around committing to being discipled and then discipling others. So I'll run through these. And then we're going to be given a card, right? So this is the card. So everything I'm talking about is here on this card. I'll explain to us in a moment how we're going to use this card. So these are 12 areas within. So if you're a member of Gateway Chapel, if there's anybody, you know, then this would make sense to you. If it doesn't, come up to any one of us. Um, come up to me or come up to Minister Bookie afterwards and we would expand on it. Number one, at, I'm, I'm going to read these out and I'm going to give you a few scriptures. We're not going to bring them up. Just write them down, okay? So number one, attend Connect Group. Connect Group is our small group Bible fellowship that we tend to hold, every, well, a lot of us hold them every Wednesday. I think there might be one or two who will hold them on a different day, but it's usually Wednesday at um, 8 p.m., right? So get involved in Connect. Get involved in a group where you're not invisible. Get involved in a group where you can grow. You know, you can grow because you're involved. You're asking questions. You're contributing, not just in church where you come and you, you know, this, it's good that you're in church. So this is taking one step. One step would now be a 10 connect group. Next step, right? Um, a few scriptures, Luke 9, 14 to 15. Look at that when you get the chance. Psalm 144, 12 to 14. And 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Okay, a 10 connect group. The second one is pray more. If you've been praying one minute, make it two. If you've been praying five minutes, make it 10. Been praying 10 minutes, make it 15. If you've been praying two hours, make it three hours. All right? If you've been praying 12 hours, I need to come and take lessons. Praise the Lord. But pray more. All right? Um, a few scriptures Colossians chapter 4, verse. Sorry. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And Col Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Number three is get free from bad habits. The word habit comes from the French word habit, which means to live. A habit is something that is with you. It lives with you. Um, and there are good habits and there are bad habits. It's just something that maybe you have been doing for whatever reason. And over time, you're so used to it that it's become a part of you. The Bible calls things like that strongholds. And there's different strongholds that some of us might be struggling with. The beautiful thing is we know that the power of God is able to pull down strongholds. But why don't you identify one or two strongholds? One bad habit, whatever it is, right? You know, whatever that habit is, and just identify one or two that actually, I want to deal with this stronghold. I want to deal with this bad habit. I, I complain too much. Uh, there's, some, there's some feedback my wife gave me recently about something that I do. 
And I was just unaware that I was doing it. And I was like, okay, thanks for telling me. I need to deal with it. All right? So identify bad habits and look at how you can deal with them. Proverbs 6, 9, 16 to 19. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 22. Another one is serve in one department or more. So you could, if you're already serving, now I'm going to put, in fact, this is, let, let me really emphasize this one. First, thank you very much for coming to church. I need help. Um, I need help with, especially with our children and youth ministry. Even if you're thinking I can't do that long term, I need temporary help. Um, caring for and equipping and enabling our children is a priority for us here at Gateway Chapel. It's really important for us. Um, I was, still am technically, um, in responsible for our youth church in Camp David. So preteens and teenagers have been my responsibility. Now we have our children, we have our young children, we have our preteens, we have our teenagers. And we need help. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure I want to work with children, you don't have to do it every week. It's just temporary and it will just be, you know, just maybe once every four weeks or something like that, just to help us. If you're willing and able, um, please see, um, see, either minister, see Minister Bookie after service and just say, hey, I'm available to help with the children until, you know, things are settled. This is our second week and we want to make sure that our children, we have our curriculums for our children across all these different areas. We just need a few people to help us. So, hey, you can serve in an apartment or two, right? And just get involved. That could be a stepping, you know, a stepping forward for you. Praise the Lord. A few scriptures, Revelations 2, 2 to 3. 1 Corinthians 3, 8 to 9. And Romans 4, 4. Another one is give more. Give more. Money, time, energy. I think there's the pastor called it time, talent, treasure. Yeah, time, talent, treasure. I said money, time, energy. Give more to your church. Give more to your neighbor. Give more to your future self. Some of us spend all our money. Our future self is going to be broke because of the way we're using our money today. Praise the Lord. Give more. Love yourself to be able to put something for your future self so that they don't struggle. They're going to be older anyway and probably weaker. It's not a bad thing. We kind of get older. So at least make life easier for them. Praise the Lord. Right? So give more to God's work. Give more to your neighbor. Think about it this way. Right? Why should my future self go to bed hungry because I'm eating so much today? Why should my neighbor go to bed hungry? if I have so much to eat, right? Why should, there, why should God's work not be able to go as far as it's in our heart? Because we have a little bit of money. We don't, you get where I'm coming from? So give more. Give more. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. Um, a few more. I need to zip through this. Attend Triumphant Thursday. Well done, you're coming to Sunday service. Well done. Well done, well done, well done. If you have not been doing Triumphant Thursday, put that on your list. That's a very easy step forward. You literally just log on. 
And some of you log on anyway and you're cooking and eating and doing whatever while you're logged on. But at least log on. Attend Triumphant Thursday. Now, if you've been cooking and eating and doing whatever while it's going on, then the one step forward is actually listening. Right? So you, you, you get where I'm coming from. So whatever one step forward means for you as far as Triumphant Thursday is concerned, take that one step forward. If you've not been attending at all, maybe attend now and maybe you can be cooking. If you're already cooking, stop cooking and start listening. Whatever the case, take one step forward with a um, triumphant Thursday. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, 25 and Ezra 2, 59 and 62. Whew. The next one is to do growth track. Okay, I need to zip. Do growth track. Um, gatewaychapel.info forward slash growth track growth track is our program that really helps you to discover your talents discover your gifts and really get to understand your church if you haven't gone through growth track I encourage you put that as a step that would be that one step that you're going to take right is to do growth track praise the lord okay um, Isaiah 30 20 to 21 the next one Read your Bible consistently, okay? So you can, if you've been reading your Bible once a week, maybe now make it twice a week. If you haven't been reading it at all, maybe start reading it once a week, twice a week, three times a week. If you've been doing every day, right, maybe, you know, if you've been doing it, if you've been doing it but not doing it consistently, build some consistency into it. Read your Bible every day. There's no really no reason. Just open the Bible and read it. Just plop, just wake up in the morning, you know, audio Bible, and just have it listen to the Bible. It's not, you know, it's easy for us to just do it and do it consistently. Get some sort of routine. Get some sort of routine. Maybe while you're brushing your teeth, you've got the Bible on, right? But just get some sort of consistent routine for yourself. Praise the Lord. Joshua 1 verse 8 and Psalms 119, 97 to 98. Water baptism. If you haven't been baptized, that's something you could look at. That's one step forward. That's a public declaration of your faith, right? Um, John 3, verse 5, and Acts 22, verse 16. Disciple one person. Who is it that you are mentoring spiritually? Me? Me? How could I mentor anybody spiritually? Yes, you can. It doesn't matter whether you came into church yesterday, you mentor the person who came into church today. You can give them a word of encouragement. Well, I don't know a ton of scripture verses. It doesn't matter. You can still give them something. But actually find someone who you can invest in. As, as people are investing in you, you invest in someone. Find one person. One person. You are not too young in Christ to disciple another believer. Praise the Lord. Acts 22, 14 to 15. Next, share my Jesus story. You know what? We all have a Jesus story. I was like this, and this is how I met Jesus, and this is how I am now. That's it. I used to be like this, and then I met Jesus, and this is how I am now. Share it. So maybe you want the one step forward is, I'm going to start sharing my Jesus story a little more. When was the last time I shared the, this was who I was, and I met him, and this is who I am now? That's one step we can take. Praise the Lord. John 5, 11. And then finally, become a connect leader. So this is where, yeah, 
if you have if if you've not been going to connect then the one step forward is join connect if you've been consistent in connect you've been consistent already you can lead maybe that step forward is to say to minister bookie i'm ready to lead a connect praise the lord some people are thinking please don't look at me please don't look at me but i promise you if you feel that you're not qualified to lead a connect you're definitely more qualified than the person who is fully confident that they are. I promise you. If you don't feel confident, that's who God's looking for because God is the one who works through you. Remember Moses? The guy was in the panic zone. But then God saw him and he saw the meekness in his heart and he knew that's the kind of person that leads God's people. Meek people... People who don't think they're qualified are the exact kind of people God needs to lead his people. So we're going to be passing these cards around. What I'd like you to do is grab a card and you're going to take the card home. And I want you to just tick the areas where you intend to take one step forward. Tick the areas you intend to take one step forward. And then look at the scriptures related to that and then identify specific what specific steps are you going to take forward in those areas and then you bring those cards in next Sunday and we're going to pray and we're going to pray for the empowerment to be able to live this out praise the Lord so you'll be, a card will be handed to you and then when you receive it you know you can you don't need to do it now it's just you know when you get the chance just tick the areas that you want to I look at the scriptures, identify the specific steps you're going to take around those things, and then bring the cards in next week, and we are going to pray. Praise the Lord. There's one thing I do know, right? Um, as you and I begin to take these steps, just that one step, he will change us. And a year from now, you're going to look back and say, whoa, I remember when I used to be like that. Many of us are trying to be we're trying to do what the holy spirit helps us to become you can't do the fruit of the spirit what did i say you can't do the fruit of the spirit you submit to the holy spirit and as you're just taking one step at a time he begins to work out the fruit in you you look back a year later and you just realize you're not the same person you were that's how it works praise the lord Hallelujah. Is anybody blessed by God this morning? Why don't you just put your hands together for Jesus? Let's rise up on our feet. Just begin to appreciate the Lord. Let's rise up on our feet, God's people. Father, we thank you. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you and we give you praise. We thank you for your word that you have sent to us and we receive the grace to be able to take that one step. Guide us, O Lord. Lead us. And help us to live out a life that pleases you. Help us to take one step at a time and become more like you. In character. In love. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Praise the Lord.